0: And making a commitment to your learning. We hope that you are doing well. We're your hosts. I am Yvonne Brandenburg and I am joined by the amazing Jordan Porter. Hello. Hello. I just realized we've kind of fallen out of the uh the letter thing. Yeah. Mm. I mean it's it's all right. <laughs> it's totally fine. We don't need it. It's good
1: we'll come up with a different intro here soon i'll
0: think of something there you go uh wow uh last week was acbim uh and if you guys are at the acbim forum like for the virtual make sure to check out jordan's lectures they're very good i've already watched one i gotta watch the other one you're not just saying that I'm not just saying that there was like really good points in there (laughs) because I think I was at the was it critical care nursing yeah and nursing for
1: the critical care patient
0: yeah it's good it was really good
1: that's good that's good I hope people enjoyed it um I did not get a chance to actually do any of the (laughs) ACBM lectures just yet just because I worked a lot last week
0: yeah I think you were still at work at nine or 10 o'clock at night the other day when we were talking yeah I got off at 10. (laughs) I was like excuse why are you still at work it was such a
1: long day it was just that was the day from hell and not even like clients were difficult it was one of those things where like the day just started off bad like we had a inpatient overnight and like the plan was to go in like 8 a.m Friday morning and like place an e-tube and then but then like when my doctor called the clients just to confirm. They're like, they're like, uh, we don't know. Like, are we sure? Like, and then just, I was like, it oh. just like put us behind from the get go because then we had to yeah. wait for them to be like, okay, yeah, no, cool. And eTube sounds like a good idea. And that went great. Um, and that cat is doing really well. And, oh, good. but I discharged that cat and I was like, okay, now I see why the conversation this morning was so long. Cause it was like, they're just worried but like they mm. questioned everything are you sure the YouTube doesn't hurt them are you sure when you touch it it doesn't hurt and are you sure like they just kept asking me if i was sure about like everything and i was like
0: yeah yes like i
1: need you guys to trust me like
0: <laughs> yeah and it that's, was just that's hard
1: when it's so hard when clients just don't trust can you hear my puppies they're just like
0: <laughs> is that what that was
1: <laughs> those oh my... are the puppies those are na- they are now downstairs um being big dogs oh. and playing and wrestling and screaming um but yeah no so it was just one of those days where like we were waiting for clients to make decisions a lot of the day and then like mm-hmm. dude we were in the middle of the scope of this like emaciated dog and it like turns out it was a foreign body like a chronic foreign body just chilling in the stomach it was
0: eventually mm-hmm. like plastic and like just miscellaneous things I know you sent me that picture and I was like whole okay that's a yeah. lot of
1: stuff <laughs> yeah and luckily the scope wasn't in the dog but like um the scope like just blew up it was just like pow, with a like big spark and i was like holy shit yeah and i was like and we like our light bulb like light had been on saying that we needed to change the light bulb which we had the light bulb in the clinic we we're just like they're expensive light bulb like let's get the most out of it that we can because yeah. it's an 800 light bulb um and then so we changed the light bulb real quick in the middle of the scope while this dog was down and then it didn't work still so then we realized it blew a fuse so we're like all right so we woke up the dog sent an employee to like AutoZone or something like that like some car parts store and picked <laughs> up a fuse replaced that still didn't work um luckily a, a general practice down the road has like the exact same tower so we just borrowed like the one part of their tower that ours broke on
0: mm. and
1: we anesthetized the dog again because there was still foreign material in there and like dad didn't want to do surgery and all this stuff so
0: right
1: we anesthetized the dog again but we didn't even get that dog done until i think like i think we finally woke him up at 8 30 and like the rest of the scope went fine like once we like replaced it, it was just like just a day from hell of like oh. just everything break. oh because our air conditioning was broken too and like oh, we're no. in georgia <laughs> And, like, we also had, like, cleaners in down at the end of the building, so we couldn't be on one side of the building anyway, the side of the building that had air conditioning, um, because the cleaners were down there, and, like, they were, like, gutting this whole room because we're going to renovate and put a tub in and stuff like that. And so we were all working in treatment where the AC is broken, and, Uh. like, it just got – I have never sweated so much at work. Like, I was gross. Like, I was so Uh. gross. And it was just, like, it was a a 13-and-a-half-hour day, and I was just, like – I'm ready. Like
0: I'm done.
1: But we took care of every patient. I guess like that's the main point is like, even though we were miserable, like as humans, like we took care of every patient and everybody like went home doing well. That's good. So how was your week? How was you were on vacation this week?
0: Uh, yes, I took, well, I took two days off technically on top of my regular days this week. Um, to, to take place to, you know, to have some time for the forum. Um, and so we had, I think Wednesday we had our general membership meeting and I think it went well. Uh, I was really worried about it because I was leading it, which (laughs) I was like, Oh God, don't sound like a complete idiot in front of like the entire Academy, you
1: know, (laughs) I think it went, I think it went really well.
0: Good. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool because, um, the forum had like a chat app thing. So I was able to remind people that the general membership meeting was that night, which was cool. Cause, um,
1: yeah, I think we had more people show up than we did. I don't really remember last year, but
0: yeah, last year, I think we didn't do as well of a job communicating, (laughs) um, versus this year, we actually tried to get everybody ahead of time. Um, You know we it's it's zoom that we have the meeting with so of course there was like some glitches with people getting in but we recorded it which is great so you know anybody who's in the academy can watch the um watch the general meeting which is good um and then you know did some of the lectures the lectures were really good um there's a bunch of them that i really liked um there was a couple where i was like i zoned out for a minute (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh my god. Okay, statistics. Um but I mean it was it was good information. I just I think I was also kind of tired and you know like any conference your brain gets overloaded. <laughs> For sure. Well, that and it's like it's different because you're not doing like the social aspect of it. At
1: least like yeah. once you leave a lecture you can go and like socialize and recharge and then like yeah. I-
0: and walk around and kind of do the stuff that you yeah. You know, hopefully next year. <sighs> that is the goal. That is what everybody was talking about this year. Is that we can't wait until next year to be able I can't to like, wait to meet up in, be in per- person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Texas, <laughs> but it's a I'm conference. Excited.
1: I'm excited to go to Texas. I don't know about you, but it's
0: hot. I told you, I don't want to do the hot. I mean, okay.
1: Well, it'll be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's 90 degrees here and wet.
0: I mean, it was supposed to be Seattle's.
1: So <laughs>
0: <gasps> uh, stupid conference center that fell through last minute oh so it got yeah. moved totally lame that's okay it's okay it's all right it's gonna be fun in texas next year i'm excited <laughs> yeah um so so yeah so i did a bunch of forum stuff um Was reading friday friday was weird and i don't know because the weather's been kind of crazy here. It's been super windy and my like allergies just were bad. And I think it's because like I had the house open most of the time because the temperature wise wasn't really bad. It was was nice, but I think it's just like my allergies got so bad. So I woke up Friday morning with like this crazy headache. And so like half of my day was just spent like recouping from that. Yeah. Right. Get it under control. And so oh, yeah. So yesterday I finally felt mostly normal and I got some stuff done, which was nice, but yeah. Oh, the um, other really, really cool dorky thing that Jordan and I did this week, we bought some textbooks. <laughs> yeah, we did. I'm super excited to get those. Um, yeah. Cause we're going to get the. You're going to get a copy of the editor, which I got, and then we're both going to get a copy of Kirk's. Yeah. Which is exciting because we <laughs> use them all all the time as reference for this podcast and everything else we work on so it'll be nice to have our own copies instead of me always borrowing from my doctor
1: yeah, yeah exactly you, like,
0: borrow from your doctor slash you know take it home from work i would say yeah i just like it was funny he
1: saw it sitting in my bag the other day and he's like is that mine or is that yours i was like that's yours i've just had it for 4 months
0: uh- <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i got like a message from one of my doctors this was like a couple months ago she's like do you still have the endocrine book? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure do. <laughs> so I had to like bring it back.
1: I felt bad. Yeah. I was like, oops. I'm excited to get my office back like to a normal now that the puppies aren't in here. Like, cause we're working on crate training and stuff. And like, mm. they chewed, I'm really grateful that I bought a new like anatomy and physiology book because they chewed up my old one. Um, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm very like just neurotic about like how pages in, books are anyway like I don't like to dog ear things and like I just and so like the second that they chewed up one corner I was like all right well that's fair game for them then because like I would have thrown it away anyway
0: (laughs) so like yeah I'm just I know it's it's funny because I'm I'm having to like change my thought process on books which is it's very difficult in fact I'm kind of stressing about even thinking about it (laughs) um because part of me I, I, most of the times I love my books pristine. Yeah. Like I don't crack the spine, you know, I use bookmarks, but I've realized when I'm talking like nonfiction stuff now, I need to highlight and I need to write in them. And it's, it's, it's taking me some deep breaths and telling myself it's okay.
1: (laughs) I'm glad that you and I are very neurotic
0: the same like it was like so when
1: I was studying for my VTS stuff and like I had the the bible like the first time like it took me forever to convince myself to highlight in it like because I was just like at that point I was just taking notes out of it I was writing like writing the wording and then eventually I was like I need to find a different process to study yeah and so then I started highlighting but it took me like I think I had that book for like a year before I actually like even like highlight now that book's in pretty rough condition just because like well mine's in a binder
0: so yeah (laughs) I still I mean honestly like it it took it took some convincing for me to be able to do it to like cut it up and put it in a binder which seems very sacrilegious to anybody who's a bibliophile which I 1000% am a bibliophile the fact that I even know what that word means um So when I like cut it up and put it in a binder, like I had, it was, it was, there was a lot of anxiety involved, Yeah, (laughs) but honestly, I think it's one of the best things I've ever done because I'm, I'm able to like put pages from like reference labs in there. Or if I find an article related to that body system, that's just a one-off article. Like I put it in there. So I constantly have it as a reference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I will be doing that with <laughs> the Kirks and the Ettinger that we're getting because those you know. were much more expensive <laughs> well, and they're so much bigger. Like yeah. they're so big. Yeah. But I'm I did excited put, like, to get tabs textbooks. in there and like label the different sections so yeah, that be easier to find because yeah.
1: <laughs> I have I have a bunch of those little. I think they're like little Post-it like flags or whatever. Yeah,
0: that's what I use.
1: Yeah, that's that's my jam cuz like yeah, I'm just I got to get back on track, but I'm hoping that getting a new textbook it's going to be like getting, you know, like when you get gym clothes and then you feel very motivated to go <laughs> to the gym, like then, I feel yeah. like that's how my textbooks are going to be. I'm going to feel very motivated oh, to just get everything done. I know. It's yeah, it so I'll see that textbook in what like 4 to 6 weeks probably. <laughs> like
0: yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know it they're all getting sent to me and then I'm like, "Oh, I got to send them to Jordan and uh We'll yeah. have to see how expensive the shipping is. It I know because it might just, just have just to wait it in September. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the rate of like this year, it's going by so fast. Like September is basically four to six weeks
0: away. <laughs> like no, no, it's like it's it's three months. It's two and a half, two and a half months away.
1: Yeah, I know. But, but you'd like, be
0: coming like three months from now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like how fast the year's going? It's basically four to six weeks. Cause it's like, dude, yeah. I already have to drive to Tennessee next weekend. And it's I like, I can't believe that that's crazy. Like I can't I believe it's
0: summer again for you. <laughs> like you have kids that are doing summer things. It's kind yep. of, it's kind of intense. It's kind of intense. Yeah. yeah. Summer camp's coming up anyway. <laughs> One thing that we have to say, cause it is. Um, the 18th of this month which is June Um, so it'll be this week when this this uh, episode goes live is happy veterinarian appreciation day for all the veterinarians out there in our lives we Um, love our veterinarians yes I I trust our veterinarians more than I trust my human doctors oh for sure i've definitely talked to my vet at work and been like so there's this this and this what do you think i should talk to my doctor about
1: yeah That's i was sh- talking so smart <laughs> i was talking the other day i was like i would love to find a doctor who actually cares about my problems and my doctor like dr woods was like i care about your problems i was like i know why do you think i talk to you about most of the stuff going on with my body
0: <laughs> right oh so funny so funny. I was like but
1: you can't write me prescriptions <laughs>
0: like, I know Ugh. I, you can't send out lab work you can't write me prescriptions Nope. We like can you just go with me to my appointments
1: well he actually I go see his doctor now because oh, nice. like, <laughs> yes. you nice. know my doctor I mean like he's an internist so he's neurotic
0: nice yeah and
1: so naturally he found a doctor who is
0: very thorough in like Oh, it's awesome. So basically what you're saying is I need to go to your doctor as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Safe. She she does care a lot, but it still sucks because like because in human medicine, everything else is someone else's problem. So it's yeah. like I talked to her about like all of my lupus stuff, but then she's like, You need to see a rheumatologist. And I'm like, I don't want to. Like I want to see you. Right. I want one stop shopping like a veterinarian. (laughs) Like I want. Like, why? Yeah. Like, why are there so many specialists? Like, you need to see a foot doctor or a throat doctor or an immune doctor. It's
0: just like. I mean, I will say that when when clients ask me about their patient's ears, I go, "Mm, "Not it. Yes, That, that sounds like a general practice or the ER department or dermatology." not us. (laughs) So exactly. I definitely pawn some stuff off. My favorite too, is when they ask about vaccines and I'm like, we don't even have vaccines in our building. So because of the puppies, I asked, uh, my
1: office manager who is a general practice veterinarian. Um, I was like, so when do I vaccinate?
0: (laughs) I was like,
1: I don't remember the vaccine schedule And then, so she told me, and I was like, so when am I like, how old can I start heartworm and flea prevention? Like, I don't remember. And then I'm like, and then there's so many new things now with like spaying and neutering ages that I'm just like, ah,
0: what do I do? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I know. I haven't been in GP in so long that I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said some name of a medication and I thought it was, I thought it was a supplement. And of course, when I'm talking to clients, a lot of times, like I will Google whatever word, because most of the times they don't say it right. And I have no idea what they're talking about, but I put it in and, and they said it right. And it just happened to be a new heartworm flea prevention. I was like, Oh, this is a thing. (laughs) And I was like, okay is it right. that you, like you sure did say it it starts with a c like credelio I... yes. yeah i i
1: yeah so what is it because i have some downstairs and i, I Girl, have yet to I, you want i don't know i'm about to google it again <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't i didn't know if it was heart or flea preventative and i was <laughs> like
0: you you realize right now like so many texts listening to this episode are yelling at us <laughs> I, i'm aware i had a friend give it to me
1: though Sorry, to help guys. out with
0: the puppies and i was like what am I doing with this? Yeah. I was like, I don't know what, I don't know which parasite this does. I know we were, we were joking the other day because um, when I was in GP, like our reps used to come around all the time and give us like heartworm and flea prevention and stuff like that, because you know, that that was like one of the perks. And since I have been in specialty, they've come once. And like everyone in that building just like lost our minds. <laughs> you're like, you're here for us with something other than cookies. We were just right. so excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, veterinary appreciation days this Very week. Very important appreciate, to me. appreciate your veterinarians <laughs> that tell you things like heartworm and flea prevention, apparently. So Um, and then one thing I wanted to talk about just really quick is, um, we do have to apologize, uh, for some missed like responses on Facebook. I don't even know how this happened, but there's some, um, messages that we didn't see because apparently Facebook didn't want to tell us that they even came in. Um, so I definitely, um, we sent some responses directly to people because it's apparently been months for some of them. And I'm, I feel horrible. I'm so sorry. Um, just we definitely didn't see them. Um, so if, if you did send us a message uh, and you got crickets from us, I'm, I'm really sorry. Please do not take it personally. Um, we just didn't even know that it existed because there's like several different places for us to look on Facebook, apparently, that we need to look at. And one of them is apparently we had a Facebook review. Who knew? Who knew? So uh, Jordan Nicole Howell, um, she left us a review on Facebook. <laughs> Sorry. It's probably been a little bit. Um, she said, just learn about this podcast and I love it. I've been in GP for 10 years. Awesome. 10 years. And we all know it is possible to learn something new every day in Vet Med, no matter how long you've been in. This podcast has also taught me a few interesting things and I enjoy listening to the girls. Um, the information is super informative, but it doesn't feel like you're in class because they're funny It's because we joke so much and giggle and all that stuff.
1: I know. I was like, so my coworker, my new coworker listens to these podcasts and I'm <laughs> like, um, I was asking her, I was like, do you like all of my random like theories about things? Like, how <laughs> how it I was like, I feel a little ridiculous, but like, I don't know it just it cuts it cuts the dryness
0: a little i think i think so too because this is how we talk in at work you know (laughs) (laughs) so Um, so she and she also says keep up the great work ladies so we'll keep we'll keep trying to keep up the great work sometimes (laughs) sometimes it's a struggle y'all sometimes it's a struggle preach (laughs) (sighs) um but I, definitely if you leave us a review, um, either on Facebook or in like Apple podcasts or any of those places, please let us know. Um, so like Jordan, not Jordan Porter, Jordan, but Jordan, Nicole, Howe, Jordan, um, you'd left us a review on Facebook. Let us know your shipping address because we've got, we've got stickers for people. And I would like to start sending them out again. You just gotta let me know where to send them and I will send them. So you can either message me or email me Yvonne at internal medicine for and I will for sure get you some stickers because because who doesn't like stickers? (laughs) All right. Well, I think we've done a ton of chit-chatting at the beginning of this episode. So I think we need to, I think we need to dive in. Um, we're still working on race approval. So if you know, you're in a place where you can do self-study, you can definitely use this for your, um, uh, continuing education, as long as it's not race approved required. Um, you can also obviously use it for our self-study, which is what Jordan and I do most of the times anyways. <laughs> and this week we are discussing ARDS, which is acute respiratory crisis syndrome. Or acute respiratory distress syndrome, um, and then it's also named known as ALI, which is acute lung injury. Um, we're just probably going to rec- refer to it for most of this episode as ARDS. So one of the things we just want to remind you about, because most uh, most of these most most commonly, I guess I should say. Um, for ARDS to kind of happen is with pneumonia. So episode 30 is the pneumonia episode. It's a great episode to kind of refresh yourself on, um, you know, what to look for diagnostic techniques and all that stuff that really is very much pertained to ARDS. So I really think of like acute lung
1: injury as like an actual injury, like a Confusion, yeah. or
0: well and that and that definitely can be part of it arts. yeah mm-hmm. I mean like uh, I guess I don't know so I guess I, think, I just think of well and it was funny because they kept like using the terms interchangeably which I thought was weird um but I think I th- I think it depends on <sighs> I I think it depends on what caused it and like how they want to talk about it, but, but pretty much is the same thing, which is kind of weird, but, but yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So ARDS then is secondary to inflammatory disease anywhere in the body.
0: Kind of like Yvonne was saying, um, which is a trip. Because we'll talk about it in, um, I think the history questions area about things that you would have never thought that could potentially lead to ARDS, which is crazy.
1: Well, it's internal medicine. You got to (laughs) overthink
0: for a reason. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) So, but usually animals will initially present with like historical findings and clinical signs, like reflective of a primary, like inflammatory process. And not develop clinical signs of respiratory disease until several days after the primary insult, you know, cause the body gets very angry and does not once, like
0: inflammation.
1: Inflammation is like a wildfire. It just yeah. spreads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so the reason we talked about the pneumonia episode is most causes for the hospital acquired ARDS is because of like aspiration or bacterial pneumonia. Um, there's also CHF, so congestive heart failure that can play into it, secondary to fluid overload, and then pulmonary thromboembolism. So those are kind of the most common, are um, the most common iatrogenic causes of ARDS. So it's just, you know, one of those things that while patients are in the hospital, if they have one of these, just be very aware to kind of keep a very close eye on the, on your patient just to make sure they aren't slipping into ARDS because early catching of it is, is key for prognosis. Um, so they talked about this, this four, like four criteria that helps to indicate ARDS. Um, so one is on like x-rays is bilateral or diffuse infiltrates, um, on the x-rays and that means more than one quadrant because i think we usually think like one quadrant is like an aspiration pneumonia versus if they're just diffusely in all the lungs we're going to suspect ARDS or like CSF or CHF just to you know make sure what's going on um a fluid that's in um in the airways that's proteinaceous so a really protein rich rich fluid would indicate ARDS whereas if it's like congestive heart failure or fluid overload you're not going to have all that protein in the fluid um so you know we'll we'll talk about it in a minute about how to get that sample not always the best way but you know or not not always the best thing to do with these guys but if you do get it, it can help figure out what's going on. I mean, it's not scary at all. Sticking a needle in a chest, yeah. Or you know, <laughs> trach washes or BALs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, bilateral dependent density gradient on a CT. Yeah, that. <laughs> to me, that just means that the lungs on both sides have the same density yeah, and not, to me it's like that diffuse infiltrates, right? On a CT, you're gonna see it instead of like, so the lungs will look similar on both sides versus like one looking like it's thicker and then the other one looking normal. I think that's what they're trying to say with the the doctor E's right there. Yeah, yeah, and then there's the, (laughs) so I could do number four because that's increased Uh extravascular lung fluid which is really funny because they also said lung water. And I was like, oh, weird. I think you mean fluid. So anyways, they said water. And I was like, I can't handle that I mean, lung water.
1: So they're, I'm assuming they're talking about the normal fluid that is lubricating the lungs so they can move and breathe like within mm-hmm. the chest cavity. But then this would be an increase in that fluid. But again, mm-hmm. if you've ever had like an asthma attack or something like I,
0: I get that. Like it's just, well, yeah. Cause you're talking about inflammation, right? Yeah, Anytime you have inflammation, you're going to just have- like, you get a cut, right? You get inflammation. Like you're going to have more fluid in that area.
1: Yeah. There's like a little bit of swelling it wants to
0: fix it. Or right? you get
1: the serum that comes there. Like, yeah, exactly. it's- yeah.
0: So the, the reason they have kind of these four criteria is to to basically rule out heart failure as the cause of abnormal lung f- function, because heart failure can present very, very similarly to ARDS or secondary fluid overload or, you know, pneumonia. So we really just need to make sure that, you know, because, because treatment, (laughs) treatment for heart failure, very different than treatment for all the other things. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, how much fluid can a patient handle? Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. And treatment for, yeah. Like even to just fluid overload is different than ours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But so knowing kind of what you're dealing with is it, it, it's hard sometimes because these patients are in respiratory distress, right? So it's hard to sometimes get all of our um, diagnostics that we would want, because sometimes you just have to not do them because the patient may not survive a diagnostic test that yeah, will help respiratory us tell, tell us are, what's
1: going on are great when it comes to like needing to sedate, to do certain procedures.
0: Yeah. Or you just leave them alone mm-hmm. and treat them I'm big fan of that. Yep. Yeah. Just treat it and see what happens. Sometimes that's what you do. <clears throat> so history questions, basically species breed age predispositions. dispositions, they're, they don't really have statistics on that, unfortunately, well, unfortunately slash fortunately, right? Um, I think because ARDS in dogs is not super common. Um, I think they just, they, they don't have like a, a specific patient you're looking at. Um, it is, they think it is more prevalent in dogs than cats. Um, so there's that. As far as age, I think it really just depends on what's going on with them because it's more about the disease process than anything else, because technically ours is a secondary condition. It's not a primary condition. So, you know, it, it'll depend on what is the primary issue and that'll kind of give you more of a breed and age predisposition or species or anything like that. So not a great answer for this one because it could be anybody. (laughs) yay (laughs) so um so one of the big things about this is looking in the history is is there an inflammatory process going in the body and it can be any of them so risk factors for ARDS and veterinary patients include inflammation infection sepsis systemic systemic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS um, severe trauma. So like Jordan mentioned it earlier, like getting hit by a car and you have like pulmonary contusions definitely could a long bone fracture, which is kind of trippy to me that I don't even think about that. As yeah.
1: Like, I guess that much,
0: like, I guess if you fracture a femur, that's enough inflammation that you can have this response, which is crazy. I mean,
1: I guess, but I feel like that would be like a pain response, but I guess I could see how it would kind of presents
0: similar similarly. Yeah, Um, head injury, pulmonary contusion, multiple transfusions. So that's something that I think for internal medicine, we really need to kind of take into consideration is, you know, are, are we missing some of our patients that are having ARDS because we think it's a delayed transfusion reaction or we think it's the IMHA ITP that's causing problems. So, well, which you know, could be like a PTE. Exactly. And again, how are we going to know that? Uh, diagnostic tests or p- postmortem like things like we don't, we don't do necropsies the same way, like they do autopsies in humans, right? Like in, in humans, like, I feel like I'm going to say most do most. I um, think Most. I think most people, when they die, get an autopsy, I honestly thought it was all, I think there's some reasons why they don't, but I think most of them do, but that's not common in veterinary medicine. So, you know, sometimes we think a patient dies because of X disease and we may not realize it's actually because of something totally different. So, um, so there's that. Uh smoke inhalation, because that is super inflammatory, right? Um, near drowning, aspiration of stomach contents or aspiration pneumonia. And then there's drugs and toxins. So there's so many reasons that a patient could potentially go into ARDS, um, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like drugs and toxins should just be on every different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is, it is an internal medicine. Yeah which is funny because I, um, I have my little questionnaire and I'm always, I always ask any known drugs or toxins and they're like, no. And then, you know, there is something (laughs) cool. Thanks for telling us. Um, the incidence of this is not known in dogs because we just, we don't have good statistics and it's even less (laughs) in felines. So we don't know. We don't know. There's just not enough studies out there on this. So there. I think
1: strictly because we just treat and if, you know, it's just one Mm -hmm. of those things, but I mean, once ARDS is present, the most frequently reported clinical signs include like tachypnea, dyspnea, um, or increased effort. Uh, it's usually pronounced. And this is key to like, if you're the technician on duty to just, I like to make note of, is it inspiratory effort or Mm -hmm. expiratory effort? Um, cyanosis, hypoxemia, um, a cough can also be noted, but, uh, usually parox- uh, it's often proximal on tracheal palpation. So like you can elicit a cough. Yeah.
0: Which is weird
1: yeah because I feel like you're
0: like wait a second is this tracheal like bronchitis
1: yeah that's what I mean like it's just so like deceiving because you would think ARDS it would be just mostly lung but I guess it's just respiratory inflammation like altogether, it's not just mm-hmm. lung so you're getting that tracheal inflammation too mm-hmm. and bronchial
0: and everything
1: and all sorts of bad. <laughs> it's just like, it's just crazy. So, cause then on mm-hmm. a physical exam, you can hear increased breath sounds and crackles. Um, patient also might display like abdominal breathing, which is pretty big or open mouth breathing, especially if it's a cat. Um, and like possibly even frothy pink exudate coming from their respiratory tract, which is scary. Uh, I've definitely seen that a bunch
0: baj- of times. seen it on dead animals i don't know if i've ever seen it come out of like a living animal i guess i've seen it on dying animals Mm. Um, i
1: had a puppy once who i think i think the dog originally had parvo and then got pneumonia and then cards and then was literally like vomiting up to like lung tissue but not vomiting obviously because it was not from the gi tract it was coughing up it started with pink frothy because it's 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 inflammation it, it gets mm-hmm. raw and aggravated and mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. i don't like respiratory stuff i'm ready for this <laughs> to be over. it makes me anxious yeah well because heaven forbid yeah. i start seeing some respiratory cases this week i'm gonna be upset <laughs>
0: That's how it goes That's how it always goes you're like oh, i know listen to all these respiratory things now what i know respiratory. we saw pulmonary hypertension Ooh.
1: last week but luckily that dog was doing okay <laughs> uh, you're like, like no <laughs> go to cardiology yeah. before you come back <laughs>
0: right yeah exactly um so differential diagnosis um for ARDS is going to be like the main respiratory stuff that we've talked about so pneumonia um you know, in injury, congestive heart failure is the big one, because again, is it heart related or is it respiratory related? Because again, those are very different treatments. Um, and then metastatic disease, which, you know, that's, that's hopefully, you know, that sooner rather than later on these patients. Yeah. Um, the big thing with diagnostics that we kind of already alluded to it is, because it's a respiratory patient and we're talking about a severe condition for these guys, we want to be very, very cognizant that, um, stressing these patients or handling them just to get like a sample or a specific diagnostic that may not be in the best interest of these patients. So, you know, all the supportive care, um, like the stuff, if you're, uh, Instagram forum, the stuff Jordan talks about, mm. <laughs> you know, all that supportive care. That's, that's what we do. Um, and sometimes, because again, some of us, our doctors aren't in the same room as our patients. Mm-mm. So we have to be their advocates and and let the doctors know, Hey, yeah, I saw that you wanted this PCB right now, but as soon as I take this patient out of oxygen and do flow by, like he becomes cyanotic. And, and I can't, right. Because we don't, we don't want to kill our patients. No, we want to consolidate cage visits.
1: (laughs) Yeah, People, please listen to
0: my lecture. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) Consolidate your cage visits. The other thing I can't, I think you talked about this during that lecture, um, is having all of your supplies in one space Mm -hmm. and your contingency supplies in one space.
1: And then just
0: don't let like the newbie that's learning how to do (laughs) vena puncture. No, no, no. These need to be expert technician
1: blood draws quick, easy. Um, and, minimal effort and restraint and just, yeah. Like, I mean, mind you, every respiratory patient, just because I'm very respiratory nervous in general, every respiratory patient I get gets an emergency drug sheet and everybody knows where the emergency drugs are when those patients Mm. are in the hospital.
0: Um, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just like, we are prepared for the worst to happen.
0: Um, And also knowing your CPR, DNR status on your patient, hopefully, hopefully if you are working in a larger clinic, honestly, even in general practice, if you have a patient hospitalized or you're having them go under anesthesia for a specific procedure, hopefully someone is having a conversation and figuring out what the owners want. Do they want to do CPR? Do they not want to do CPR? Um, Because just knowing CPR, DNR, I mean, that's huge. Um, just so you know what, what needs to happen. So you're not in a crisis situation doing CPR and you can't get a hold of an owner.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to apologize now for the dogs barking while I'm talking. Cause I'm pretty sure that's one of the puppies just sitting at the bottom of the stairs. Like just
0: blah, blah. Yeah. Why are you not down there? Why is the door closed? Where are the kids? Yeah. My that. Distraction?
1: <laughs> I'm like, but the rest of them should be like napping now at anyway. Anyway, back to <laughs> arts. So like Yes. Consolidating cage visits. So like if the patient is able to walk or if there's multiple diagnostics that need done, instead of spreading them out, just try to do everything at once, pending how the patient does. Like, obviously if they mm-hmm. get super stressed out during x-rays, put them back
0: and then do your blood work later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, another thing too, I don't, I don't know if you talked about it in your lecture, but, um, we've had a couple of cases where a patient looks like they're really in like they're they're going into respiratory distress and we're like, Oh my God, what's happening. And then they pee. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, so, so take a look at your treatment sheet, <laughs> See the last time that patient urinated. Yeah. Cause they're just either palpate a bladder or, you know, put a dot, uh, an ultrasound probe on it, depending on, you know, what you have available and see if they really have to urinate You know, whether that's you put some potty pads on the floor and you just let them stand on there, or you try to express it and they just, you know, go in like the oxygen kennel or, you know, whatever it is, it may just be that they had to urinate. Yeah. And I do like
1: to make notes of that though, because that way too, Mm -hmm. I can tell whoever's watching the patient overnight, hey, when they start acting like this, at least when I was with them, it, it was because they had to urinate. So just try to like help them out a little bit that. And it helps them t- like, it helps the other technician to not like freak out when this pet starts acting <laughs> right. crazy.
0: You're like, Oh, okay. Hold on. Jordan said something about that. Let me check if that's the problem and they can like rule it out <laughs> yep. or be like, yes, their, their bladder is giant. Let's, let's do this. Um. So yeah, I, I think you're, you know, these, these respiratory patients, I think just take a ton of technician skills and a a lot of technician like handling to make sure that, you know, we don't send them into distress. And what I mean by is like a a lot of, is just, um, not like amount of a lot of, but like using your skills. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so we, so as far as like diagnostics that we can do on these patients, so lab work, when we're talking respiratory stuff, that's a blood gas analysis. Um, we talked about, you know, PTE and pneumonia and all that stuff in other episodes. So definitely check out those, those episodes for specifics on that, those diseases. Again, this is a secondary condition. Primary conditions you got to deal with that stuff, but the secondary, just like arts part of it, is blood gas analysis. However, <laughs> again, there is a caution for this. No, <laughs> getting a blood gas analysis. We're talking like an arterial stick. Um, obviously, if the patient is in crisis or is becomes distressed, abort. Like this is not worth sending them into respiratory failure to get a sample. So um, on our blood gas analysis, the thing that they talked about was our PaO2 and um, FiO2 ratio. Um, So there's basically what they said is that ratio can help determine the severity of the respiratory compromise. um, And is one of the distinguishing factors to just basically call it ARDS versus pneumonia or something else. Um, I honestly, I don't think I've run these because most of our patients just aren't stable enough for us to get the sample. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, in human medicine, they definitely do it. Um, so ratio of greater than 300, um, is considered mild or excuse me, less than 300 is considered mild, um, indicates acute lung injury. Um, less than 200 is considered moderate and is diagnostic for ARDS. And then less than 100 on that ratio is considered severe, um, and definitely ARDS. So severe and ARDS, which is crazy. So this is making me realize
1: then when they're interchangeably using acute lung injury versus ARDS, ALI versus ARDS, it's because basically ALI is it's mild. like the milder form. Yeah, yeah. And can lead to ARDS, but they're the same.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I like, that. it's like a gradient. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I guess it, it probably depends on individual patient. And, like, and again, how severe is it?
1: I feel like it would be better. Like you can keep the ALI. Okay. So this is me just changing terminology here. Keep the <laughs> ALI, but change it from acute lung injury to acute lung inflammation. <laughs> because it's like it's an inflammatory process and like acute lung injury I really feel like that is just like a lung
0: injury like well but I mean the inflammation is causing injury
1: I mean I guess but it's just like there's also injury that causes injury and inflammation yeah like because you have your lung contusions you have your lung lobe
0: torsions you have like freaking um like penetration of like yeah. You know, well, and I think all those things that is an acute lung injury <laughs> and can progress to ARDS. So I don't know, dude, I it's, it's probably because that was honestly, like, this is how I think of it. It probably, they probably thought it was two separate things originally. Yeah. And then they were like, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> These are actually a similar process. I mean, but we'll still call it acute lung injury and in ARDS. Cause I, I feel like ARDS that term Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: I feel like it's. I mean, I guess it's like SIRS before sepsis. It's just like. Mm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought seps. I thought. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where our brains go, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is why some of our episodes are an hour and twenty minutes long cause we go down rabbit holes. Well, it's just, um, it bothers me. Yeah. The other thing to kind of remember when we're doing blood gas analysis on these guys, um, hopefully you're already thinking this anyways, but you give them oxygen, oxygen support during the sample collection, not only <laughs> because they're probably in respiratory distress out of oxygen, but, um, if they were in an oxygen kennel and you get their their blood and you're like outside on a treatment table, if you don't have the flow by oxygen for them, that actually can alter their results. So you want to make sure you have the most accurate results. So keeping the flow by on them while they're getting that blood sample, because it, um, it can make a difference, which is kind of interesting. And if they get super distressed, don't send them into respiratory failure, put them away, abort. <laughs> Imaging. (sighs) I like, yeah, I like imaging when the patients
1: aren't actively trying to die. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So like things that should be done, if able, would be three view thoracic radiographs, Mm -hmm. um, because you want to see the bilateral infiltrates. So you need three views. Um, Mm -hmm. CT can also be done and then an echocardiogram, just to rule out congestive heart failure. So in an echocardiogram, like there's a lack of left atrial enlargement or systolic dysfunction. And that supports the finding of non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema, which is associated with ALI and ARDS.
0: Yeah. So basically, like if the the echo looks normal, basically, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it's not the heart. If the there left atrium is not <laughs> enlarged.
1: <laughs> and it looks normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so again, because we want to treat them, it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> so um we talked about procedures that we which can do scary. with these guys too, which I've never done one of these on an ARDS patient nope. or a suspected ARDS patient. The answer is no. We usually say they need to be more stable before we do anything. <clears throat> but you can do a tracheal wash or a BAL on these patients yeah, and um, to see if there's inflammatory cells. And those are usually neutrophils, but again, it's contraindicated because they could die <laughs> so... well, because like,
1: so they're already having an increase in fluid. Right. And then you're just going to put more fluid down there, which you are supposed to aspirate back out, but like,
0: well, and, and it, this isn't, this is usually done with the anesthesia. Like, yes, I don't want to anesthetize the only thing I could see. A respiratory
1: patient, no, no, I no, hate no. It, I hate it, but you know that the positive <laughs> pressure is good for them.
0: Well, yes, and they do talk about um ventilation for these patients,
1: yeah, like positive pressure is good, and I guess that'll kind of fall under treatment. So, there's like hospitalization mm-hmm. versus outpatient care. um obviously this is going to be a very guarded prognosis which is not a conversation for us technicians
0: and nurses and assistants um (laughs) because we do not give prognosis we do not that is one of the doctor specific things but as a
1: nurse technician or assistant caring for these patients we should understand to help us better cope with like the possible loss of
0: these patients just know it is a very guarded prognosis um, well, and sometimes, like, the clients will get that information from the doctor, but they're not processing it. And then maybe we're having a conversation with them uh, uh, and reiterating, you know, carded prognosis.
1: Because it's, I feel it's like that some clients... Where
0: clients call
1: and check in on the pet, and they're like, <sighs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, we're doing okay for now.
1: And you got to throw in the, like, for now
0: part. For now. We're about the same as earlier. Yeah. Like, (laughs)
1: no worse, but no better. Like, or like, even if we have gotten a little bit better, like we're still not out of the woods. Like, it's just, you know, it's just, those conversations suck. Because especially like, if there's no response in the first 24 to 36 hours, there's a Mm. high mortality rate. And so that's the thing where it's like, we're no worse, no better. That does, that's not a, that's not necessarily a good thing. (laughs) Like, it's just. We want
0: to see some improvement like yes just, we just a little bit we haven't died yet right <laughs> oh i'm not dead yet i'm Sorry.
1: not dead yet anyway <laughs> supportive care though is really fluid therapy oxygen therapy so we can do oxygen therapy with either flow by oxygen cage or ventilation so where we intubate the patient and do that positive and pressure you, yeah. or if you have a ventilator even better but remember greater than 60 percent of oxygen can lead to toxicosis
0: um yeah so you can do I think it's up to like well it's funny cuz this literature said up to 12 hours on 100% oxygen yeah which i was like whoo which i mean i guess technically like a surgery you're you're running on 98% oxygen cuz you're what 2% yeah iso or whatever hopefully not that high but at most right um so yes you would have <laughs> oxygen but we typically don't want to go above 60, like in our oxygen cages, um, because they're on, they're in that cage usually like at least 24 hours. And remember too, um, though,
1: that if you have a patient in an oxygen cage, it does, oxygen's very drying. You got to use the, mm-hmm. uh, like nebulizer or humidifier for at least an hour for every 24 hours they're in that oxygen, even though their lungs are already wet.
0: Um, <laughs> we're yeah, but we're going to be de- you know drying out secretions which yes yeah
1: we want to make these patients comfortable and making sure that we do give them the moisture that they need um Mm -hmm. is going to be very helpful to them just being comfortable i don't know if any of you guys have had a like a nasal cannula in your nose oh that's also another way you can do oxygen therapy um yeah it's considered flow by yeah it's very drying though like it Uh it burns the nose like it's (laughs) yeah
0: unless you have the bubbler um, yep. Cause we have like the bubblers, yeah, that we have a humidify bubbler. the air, mm-hmm. although even with that, sometimes it's, it's still really drying. Cause you're, I don't know if you sleep with like a fan on in your face, <laughs> stuff dries out really quickly. Um, yeah. And one of the things too, about a mechanical ventilator, right. Versus intubating and, and ventilating by hand, um, mechanical ventilator is definitely going to be preferred for long-term because you can, you can monitor a lot of things with, with a mechanical ventilator. The reason you would want to use that versus like a patient being in an oxygen cage is um, respiratory fatigue.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: It's very common for these patients to go into respiratory fatigue, meaning they're struggling to breathe. So that means their muscles are working way harder than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they can actually just like run out of energy to move the muscles properly. Um, so the ventilator can definitely prevent that respiratory, um, uh, failure from happening, um, by bypassing the muscles and ventilating for the patients, um, Which is amazing.
1: Like if you think about it, because it does the same thing, keeps the patient comfortable. Like they don't have to do all the work and then there isn't that muscle failure. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you have to put them on a ventilator, (sighs) it's expensive. (laughs) It's scary. It's like, not a lot of clients are going to go for it.
0: Um, And even if they do get on a ventilator, getting them off is getting them off the ventilator is really difficult. Yeah. Cause it's usually not just like a couple of hours. No, I'm no, no, days. days
1: for their lungs to heal.
0: And then you have to <sighs> test to see
1: if their lungs have healed enough. Like it's
0: and that's and that is like 24 hour, insanely intensive. Like you have a technician dedicated with them 24 hours a day sitting there. That is the only thing that they are focused on is a ventilator case. Um and that's expensive. (laughs) No matter where you are, that is expensive. So most of the times we're not able to do it just because of the expense associated with it. Plus the fact that if they're on a ventilator, that's even more guarded (laughs) than sitting in an oxygen cage. Just Um, slightly. Also, I mean, kind
1: of moving into treatments though, we're going to do antibiotics, gastric ulcer, prophylactic, just because we don't want to cause any other
0: problems. Right. Um, well, and you've got like the respiratory acidosis going on, and because of just all like it's just bad. <laughs> well, that
1: and like you got to think though too. A lot of these patients are also swallowing a lot of air, so there's going to be like a bloat mm-hmm. component to it, um, and so they're just going to be uncomfortable. Um, nitric oxide administration. There's surfacant replacement. Um, So that's where I was kind of talking that they need moisture glucocorticoids because that's an anti-inflammatory and then nutritional management as well, because patients who eat do tend to do better.
0: They have energy. Yes. And
1: kind of like Yvonne said, recovery from this can take weeks to months. It can also lead to long-term damage of like
0: consolidated lung lobe or scar tissue or pulmonary hypertension. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many things unfortunately it can lead to. Um and they may never go back to normal. And so that's another thing that they have to understand. Yeah. Um so they may in, in going home, they're probably gonna you're probably gonna need to nebulize them, coupage them, you know, continue with the antibiotics or steroids or whatever therapy they need, especially Again, depending on what the primary problem was, you're dealing with that on top of this. So I think that's just, um, it's, it's, it's a long-term thing. It's not a quick recovery. And I think that's another thing that we need to make sure that clients understand. Yep. Well, the doctor Um, needs to make the
1: clients understand, uh,
0: (laughs) For follow-up, the big thing that we'll do is just radiographs occasionally just to see how the lungs are healing, you know, following up on whatever secondary or excuse me, following up on whatever primary issue there was, you're going to be doing that. So, um, it's mostly the primary stuff you're dealing with, hopefully with the the follow-up. So, yeah, it's the tip of the week. Tip of the week this week is, um, what Jordan kind of talked about in her lecture too, is having all your supplies ready, consolidate treatments as best as possible, have that oxygen flow by on hand, do what you need to do. If they look like they're getting stressed out, abort. (laughs) Yeah. So that's our tip of the week. Go listen to my lecture conversation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other tip of the week.
1: (laughs) I'm sure I'll give that lecture again, like somewhere else.
0: Like maybe in the membership. Yeah. 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 For our business. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think you should totally do it. Let's do it. Let's plan on it. Done. All right, you guys, we're going to, we're going to take Jordan's lecture that she just did at the forum and we're going to put it in the membership we'll let you know as soon as that happens because yeah. I think we can make it happen kind of soon.
1: I'll re-record it because I, there are a few other tips that I want to add in there. <laughs> like, well, that and now that you I've read you through have it. the through Well, yeah, yeah. no, I already have it made on format. our PowerPoint
0: too. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay.
1: So that part's already done. I just need to re-record it.
0: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are in the forum, go see it there. If you aren't in the forum, but you're in our membership, um, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll put it on our membership for you guys. Hell yeah. And now for the question of the week.
1: Have you seen an ARDS patient? If you did, unfortunately. How did it go? Hopefully not unfortunately. But
0: I, so have I, I, I probably have. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my answer to that. I probably have. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen anything specifically diagnosed with it. Yeah. Um, but I think I have. Um. And they never go well. <laughs> nope. I told you about my puppy already. So yeah, actually I can guarantee you that I have, we just never specifically said it was ours. Yeah.
1: No, because you're just treating respiratory distress.
0: Well, cause we're usually saying we're usually treating all that primary stuff. Yep. Right. And then it's like, Oh, well, this is a complication of that, but we never specifically say it's you know pancreatitis and now we have ours um so huh you yeah would throw
1: pancreatitis in there but pancreatitis is a little devil that likes to inflame everything in its way <laughs> it does whatever it wants <laughs> yep good old pancreatitis
0: yeah anyway all right guys well uh happy veterinary appreciation week God, I wish it was a week. Happy <laughs> veterinary appreciation day. Um, I think that's Thursday, whatever the 18th is. That is um, Friday. Is it Friday? It's Friday. Nice. Start the weekend off. Right. So tell your vets that you work with how much you appreciate them because we usually do and we forget to tell them sometimes. So um, yeah. Anything else we need to cover this week?
1: No. I mean, I hope everybody has a good week yes same hopefully nobody's scopes break um Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) may the veterinary gods forever be in your favor
1: (laughs) right I really hope this week goes better than last week (laughs) same and then I'm on vacation
0: Ah, so jealous I had a vacation but it wasn't really a vacation
1: I mean mine's pretty well staycation other than driving to and from
0: Tennessee twice Every time you say stuff like that, I just cringe because I'm like driving to another state because again, my state is like five states for you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause I think I drive through, I guess it depends on which way I go, but I can, so I can go up through North Carolina into Tennessee, or I can stay in South Carolina briefly. And when I say briefly, I mean, literally like a U shaped road that hits Alabama and then I'm in Tennessee (laughs) And like, oh my it's, gosh how funny it's like a five minute i'm in alabama Whoop. for five minutes yeah it's like a just i'm going around a river and up into tennessee <laughs> um but it is one time zone back oh so, like where she is gonna be in tennessee like because there's the, a, like
0: time zone difference
1: yeah tennessee has two time zones
0: like the the state is split yeah what?
1: yeah so like she we hit the border of the that's time so zone and then she goes an hour back like she's like an hour into like the hour back part
0: and then like on so yeah i thought all the time zones split like at the state line nope Ah, that's
1: annoying so when you're driving through tennessee it'll say you're now in central time <laughs> like
0: huh yeah how much how much would that suck like if you lived like five minutes from that border and you're like oh I work on the other side
1: yeah that would suck. I think I think but don't hold me to this one of those time zones doesn't do the time
0: change shut up but I'm not I don't remember they don't do the daylight savings thing correct I would die (laughs) like I have no idea what time it is ever (laughs)
1: i wonder how that would i must be wrong on this because i was like wait then that would make it so they're the same time zone with eastern time no that can't be right there is somewhere though that doesn't somewhere in the united states that doesn't you're
0: totally correct you're correct on that and i and i think i yeah i thought it was tennessee who knows if you know, let us know. <laughs> Tennessee's
1: got to do everything different. They have two time zones. They also are, uh, what is it, an LVMT?
0: Uh, like, a veterinary medical technician. Yeah. Um, if you're in Tennessee, you're a troublemakers. Just, just say so you know.
1: But I like Tennessee. It's <laughs> so pretty. Like it's so it is, pretty. It's
0: very pretty there. Yeah.
1: It's, I was there for a conference. I'm excited to drive through it again. Um, <laughs> so anyway. I hope everybody has a great week. Sorry for rambling about my trip to Tennessee. (laughs) Uh, It's okay.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Uh, All right, guys. We'll have a wonderful week. Um, I think we have one more respiratory. Yep. And then we start infectious disease. Is that what we're doing next? Yeah, I'm
1: so excited for that. It's all you. (laughs) I'm so excited for it. I can't wait to start doing, I need to start doing my notes like ASAP.
0: Yeah, I've got to finish up my um, notes for next week. Yeah. So that's what I'll be finishing this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, guys, have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon and uh, keep getting your alarm on. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettex.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.